Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Spooky Chicks and Horror Flicks. We are your hosts, Emma. And I'm Allie. And we are super excited to do our next film today in honor of October and spooky season. And it is a major favorite of mine and Allie's. But before we get into that, for those of you that don't know us, we are two best friends who like to drink wine or just like to drink. Or what is a common drink? Okay, it's White Claw, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And we like to just chit-chat and talk about our favorite horror movies. Something else that I want to note, too, is that you guys can all follow us on Instagram at Spooky Chicks and Horror Flicks, on TikTok at Spooky Chicks and Horror Flicks. And you can also find all of these episodes on pretty much every major podcast platform. I was actually just told the other day someone DM'd us that we were not on Pocket Casts. And so I made sure that we got listed on there. And so if you have a favorite platform that you like to use and we are not on it, please DM us and I will get us on there. ASAP. We also have a Patreon if you want to sign up. And if you become a Patreon member, you can recommend a film for us to review, talk about, which was our previous podcast featuring the witch, the vitch. I don't know how to say it. Like, <laughs> two Vs. The vitch. <laughs> from one of our awesome Patreon members. So we reviewed that based on her recommendation. So if you want to sign up and give us a recommendation and get extra content down the road, then definitely sign up. You can contribute whatever you want, but we're just here to entertain you guys. And on that note, the film that we are going to be reviewing today is actually one of Ali's all-time favorite films. She introduced it to me and it has truly become a cult classic. It has gained so much popularity. We saw it everywhere when we were at Midsummer Scream, which is a Halloween and horror convention that we went to over the summer. And it is just fantastic. So Ali, do you want to Tell us what that is. Well, I kind of tend to shit on a lot of the <laughs> movies we review just you because... just got hard opinions. Trust me, I will shit as much as I can on this one, too. <laughs> but this movie is called Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. <laughs> we'll get into the basic movie info in a little bit, but this movie is probably my favorite Halloween movie. I'm not sure why. It's just amazing. And I hope if you're listening to this, you've all seen it. And if not, go watch it before we discuss it on this podcast. But Trick or Treat, you're going to love it. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I guess, kind of our spoiler alert. So just like Ali said, if you have not seen this film, we definitely recommend that you stop listening right now and go and watch it because you two are going to have thoughts that this film is an anthology series. Is that kind of how you describe yes. it? Like there's multiple stories kind of happening at once. So it's labeled as an anthology horror comedy, which I agree with that in all aspects. Yep. Anthologies, if you're not familiar with that, it's just several different stories happening at once. Like think of Love Actually. Yes. Or VHS. Don't think about VHS. No, actually, <laughs> I strike that. <laughs> or anything like that has simultaneous stories going on. Yeah. And they're all kind of like related to each other too so as we dive into the film we're gonna have a lot of thoughts on these like different storylines and just how they intertwine and we apologize in advance that it is kind of choppy because as anthologies go the we're plot, jumping we're yeah. jumping around a lot so hang in there with us yeah. like ali says that's me i don't know why i said <laughs> just third person third person like ali it. says it's an amazing spooky season halloween film and you're gonna love it men's warehouse You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that before we get fully started talking about this film, Ali, what are we drinking today? Oh, goodness. Well, (laughs) I currently have two Beverginos in front of me. 
I felt like I should join you in the Savvy B plot for this evening. So do you want to cheers with the Savvy Bs? Yes, I do. Cheers. Ooh, love that. That was Crisp good. sound. <laughs> I also have a White Claw. I've already cracked it. Otherwise, I'd crack it for you. <laughs> and we are actually drinking the same Sauvignon Blanc that we had a little bit of last week that our friend Hayden gifted to us, which is Growers, I believe is what, what it was called. And it's actually an organic wine from Trader Joe's. And I got us another bottle because we loved it so much. And I do now remember it. It is called Growers because I thought it was called Growers. Growers. <laughs> common mistake but it's delicious and it's growers and organic and we're drinking it and you can get it at trader joe's so you know my favorite thing is what we're drinking but yes <laughs> okay i do know that shots fired <laughs> i want to know what your rose and thorn of the past week were Ooh. okay actually i have a very good rose so my rose is that the producer and I, we went to a Halloween party this past weekend, which I know many might say is a little early, but I was so happy because normally I get a little bit depressed after Halloween parties because that kind of means that October is almost over or just Halloween season is winding down. And it's not. We still have several weeks left, so I'm very happy. And we fucking killed our you costumes. killed you guys killed it. For those of you that don't know, we were the twins from The Shining, and the producer is a very tall person, and I am maybe on the shorter side person, and it was fantastic, and we went all out. We ordered him size 13 women's Mary Janes. <laughs> I was going to say, how did we get Mary Janes for the producer? Oh, we randomly found some that were in both of our sizes, and we jumped on them, and they were on sale. So, I mean, Emma, maybe you should post a picture of it on our Instagram, because- I think I will. I think I will. Well, I think I'm kind of waiting, like, in case you dress up as something, too, and then maybe we can make, like, a Halloween post that's, like, this is what we dressed up for this Halloween, or, It will you know. be so lackluster compared to what you guys, <laughs> you guys killed it. I know. Especially the photo that you posted on your personal Instagram. The producer's face is so, like, <laughs> dead. Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, okay, and the best part was everyone was like, oh my gosh, Emma, I can't believe that you got him to do that with you. Like, I can't believe he agreed. Everyone, like, thinking that I must have really gone out of my way to, like, make this happen. And he was on board from the moment that we started to say, the shut already in. Yeah. Shining twin. Already in. He was in. I was telling my mom about it. <laughs> we were talking about it because she saw it too. And, I, and she knows like, I love to dress up and, well, and like go all out and pay attention to detail. Right. But she said, oh, what the producer's such a good spouse and everything. And I said, um, mom, I'm pretty sure that the producer was fully in within <laughs> seconds. Yes. There was not a lot of convincing. And the cool part is we have ideas in our bucket for what, the, like the next, next year? few years because, yeah, we had like several ideas and this oh, was geez. the one that was like most realistic and kind of didn't require like too, too much. But we've got some like big plans. So everyone stay tuned. <laughs> Dang, I got to get my husband on board with yeah. some great couples costumes. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. And then in terms of just like my thorn, I just I'm, I'm always sad and I know I shouldn't be, but I'm always sad when I'm in the midst of October. It's such a countdown and I am so beyond grateful for this podcast and for working with you and the producer and like making this all come to life. But we've also spent so much time on it and like I have a job and I have cowboy and like there's just stuff and I feel like October just zips by and then I'm just like, oh my God, where did Halloween go? But dude, I feel like we say this every year, but how does how, how does October go by so, so quickly. quickly? So quickly. It makes and we so feel sad. like we prepare and we we, we do. do. We do. It just goes by that like, quickly. Like we've been being spooky since 
the beginning of July. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I feel your pain, sis. So yeah. But those are mine. What are yours? So I'm going to start with my thorn. And I kind of alluded to this on our last episode that my thorn was big. Essentially, y'all. Why did I say y'all? It's okay. Okay. Ride with it. <laughs> I got let go from my job. So job hunting Fucking is asshole. Sorry. I know. Sorry. Hey, I have emotions about it. No, it's okay. <laughs> I We uh, will riot. Spooky chicks and horror flicks fam. There we go. <laughs> we read it, Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But job hunting is fucking hard, especially in this, like, everything, economy, world. <laughs> this economy? Yeah. <laughs> like, not even economy, just, like, literally everything. Anyways, my two roses are... Two roses? <laughs> Still has multiple roses. Just two. <laughs> I... <laughs> I love it. Sorry, go ahead. So this past weekend, I got to go to my favorite place on Earth and visit my very favorite cemetery. Mm. It's called Julian, California. I got married there two years ago. But if you haven't been there and you live in Southern California, go. It's beautiful and a lot to do there. And I got to see one of my best friends, Lindsay, and I got to see her kids who are basically my niece and nephew. It's a fantastic little town. Yeah, I have recommendations if you need some. And then my other rose is I was preparing for this movie podcast today and my husband knew what it was. And of course, it being one of my favorite films, he comes home and he got me trick-or-treat earrings. That is so damn sweet. Where are my trick-or-treat earrings, producer? Whoa, producer. Oh, he's flipping me off. No one one can see that, but that's just the kind of relationship we have. That's what I get. I love it. Hey, (laughs) love is love. Love is love Love is love. Love is love. (laughs) Well, so then moving on to our trivia segment. So I'm going to start us off today with question number one. Allison, are you ready? Probably not. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Although the film was created in 2007. Ooh, I got this. You don't even know. You cannot cheat. Close book. I already wrote it down. No, I'm not. I don't think you know the whole question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Although the film was created in 2007, what year was it actually shown in theaters nationwide? Got it. Okay. I'm writing down my answer too. Okay. Producer. <laughs> What's up? So I should have been patient and listened to the whole question, but I got it still. <laughs> Alex, you wrecked my ass all you want. <laughs> okay. Ooh, I got this one too. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I told you guys I love this movie. How many kids were on the school bus during the flashback scene? Oh, I know this. I will battle Roy Alley. <laughs> Here, question number three. We have like some sort of like a tiebreaker if we both get it. Also, we keep talking about how the producer is going to start keeping track. And then maybe at like the end of a certain amount of episodes or something, we'll have to do something silly if the person is a loser. Silly. Yeah, like the winner will get a trophy and maybe the other one has a jump off. Pardon? <laughs> jump off a pier naked into a lake like the parent okay, trap. Okay, parent trap. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know this one. Okay. Number three. The film takes place in the town of Warren Valley. But what state is the town oh my, in? You guys. I am so good. <laughs> okay. I also got all three of them. I'm pretty confident. All right. So we got to keep track of these. Producer, maybe this is where we start with tallying because like we probably both got all three of them. No. Oh, okay. Just kidding. <laughs> so basically, I think I just schooled you in trivia. That is some bullshit. If I've okay. ever heard it. Well, I can't wait to review that at the end of the podcast. Same. And I'm just going to, like, read a little synopsis for you guys. This is my first time doing this part of the podcast, so. Woo! Woo, let's go. (laughs) Let's see how well I can read. (laughs) (laughs) Trick or treat. 
This film takes place on Halloween night in a fictional town called Warren Valley. The plot follows a non-linear narrative with characters crossing paths throughout the film. At the center of the story is Sam, a peculiar trick-or-treater in a burlap pajama costume who appears to enforce the rules of Halloween. And what I think are the most important things about that synopsis that comes from Wikipedia is that this is a non-linear film. So like we've kind of said, this jumps around a bunch. So listen, and I hope you've watched this before, and we're going to be jumping around right with them. And the rules of Halloween, those get brought up a lot. So keep an ear out for that because it's about these rules and traditions. I actually wrote in my notes every time that they mentioned tradition, Mm -hmm. which is several times throughout the film. Yeah. So it's a lot about those things. So keep an ear out for when we mention that or when you hear it in the film. Yep, they are going to be jumping around quite a bit. So we are going to do our best to kind of keep things in line. We really can't wait to analyze this with you guys. And I think that kind of moves us into some of our basic facts about the film. So, I mean, this film was directed by Michael Doherty. And something cool about this film is that it's actually based on a little short that he did. And the short is literally four minutes long. And it's called Season's Greetings. And he made this short in 1996 and it's kind of about just like a little man who's like a trick-or-treater guy and it actually inspired the character of Sam in Trick or Treat which came out in 2007. And for those who like care which is me because <laughs> which, if you're listening we hope you care. We hope you care. <laughs> I'm such an IMDB girly I'm like they acted in this they directed in what so I yeah, looked like, it you up. Yeah like want their history. Yeah so he also directed Krampus and some Godzilla shit and he helped write a bunch of X-Men shit, which I obviously never saw. But obviously, a lot of people who worked on this film in one way or another were involved in his other projects as well. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see that the little short that he does, it's available on YouTube to see the inspiration of Sam. Well, and I think it's kind of based on Sawin. Oh, yes. So sorry, I have a really I have trouble saying that. This Michael Doherty, I was listening to an interview with him. He's always been so obsessed with Halloween and instances that happen on Halloween and Sawin or Sam Hain. Another word, right, for like Halloween or All Hallows' Eve? Yes, it's the Celtic version of Halloween. And so a lot of people reference it as Samhain or Sam Hain. And so the main character in this film, Sam, that derived directly from... I mean, yes. (laughs) I think it's inferred. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) So this movie, it came out in 2007, but it was shelved for two years and then went straight to DVD in 2009. The people on the film were afraid it might conflict with a bunch of other horror movies coming out. It was literally Saw. Saw Saw 4. No, it was Saw 4. Oh, sorry. Saw 4. I don't even know what Saw 4 was. That's so dumb. Yeah. I stopped watching after like three. So anyways, it went straight to DVD and... And, but God bless because whoever bless because Sawin bless Sawin bless. <laughs> That's how I discovered this movie. Is I picked it up in a bargain bin at my local Kmart in my very small town of Ramona, California. <laughs> And it cost $5, and I was like, trick or treat, Anna Paquin, what? Okay, let's go. That Be- is such a sweet story. Isn't it sweet? Thank you, Kmart. It's no longer there. I, know, I was just going to say it's a little sad. But thank you for bringing that into our lives. Because yes. you, I also, by proxy, got it got introduced that. to yeah. me because of Allie. Exactly. So. <laughs> this movie is rated R, and I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and you see some boobies. You see some boobies, like two boobies. Two boobies. I think. 
I don't think there's that much cussing. There's not really. I don't know what the rules I think for it's PG-13 are. There is a little bit of gore, and that could be a reason why. Why Why do boobies constitute an R rating and totally. gutting somebody does not? I know. Rude. I don't get it. <laughs> so rude. But this film on IMDb got a score of 6.7 out of 10. And on Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter was 82%. And I'm like, hell yeah, pretty good. That's not bad. But yeah. the audience score was lower, which I, I always... People don't get it. People and I and I said interesting, but I'm biased. But where can you stream it? You can stream it on Max currently. Also, if you want to borrow my DVD from Camer, I will ship it to you. <laughs> Just let us know. Just DM us. And then, do you, how do you think Zuli would take this one? I think Zuli. I, I can't remember if I've seen this with her before or not, but I think that she would enjoy this film. I think she could definitely do this one. Hundred percent. It's not. There's not a lot of demony things in it. I guess like anything that is of the occult can be considered like demony, but no, nah, she she got she this could one. handle it. She could handle it. I feel like low on the Zuli meter. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> We love you, Zuli. We love you. In terms of some of our main characters, we have Anna Paquin, who plays Lori. And for those of you that don't know Anna Paquin, or at least don't know her name, she is super famous for Van- True Blood. True Blood. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that I haven't watched either of those shows, so there so, you go. <laughs> True Blood, I was such a stan for the first couple seasons. It was so good. Also on Max, if you feel like watching it and then it goes downhill as a lot of things do so yeah we got our girl Anna Paquin who's probably the most notable actor in this film and then she's also rogue in X-Men which we just talked about the director was also involved with can I say something that might be controversial do it I don't really like Anna Paquin that's fine I don't know what it is I haven't been able to put my finger on it like, I think she does a fine job acting. I don't, there's just something about her that I'm just not, mm, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. She's like not my favorite, but this sounds weird, but I don't understand where she's from. So her accent's always different. And I'm like, yeah, I love True Blood, but I also, she wasn't my favorite character in that show. I have heard good things about True Blood. So like part of me is like, yeah, maybe I should watch it as I'm sort of just running out of things to watch. You should because everything changes in that show all the time. Who you <laughs> love at first will not be who you love at the end. Oh my God, no, it's a good thing. But there is a gal that I really love who is in this, and her name <gasps> happens to be Ooh. Emma in the film, and that is Leslie Bibb. Ali loves her too. We love Leslie Bibb. Why we do we love, love her? We love her. We love her. Let's tell. Well, besides her acting and everything, why do we love Leslie Bibb? Is she dating somebody we love? <gasps> oh, I totally forgot that yep. she is married to Sam Rockwell. We love Sam Rockwell. Exactly. <laughs> and we just love Leslie Bibb. She's so cute. I love her in all of her roles. And I'm pissed that she doesn't really have as big of a role in this film. Well, but she has an iconic one. She's in it like throughout. We'll get to that later. But also just everything she's in, she's amazing. Yeah. She's also gorgeous. So like, blah. also, if you haven't watched this and you're into a kitschy show that's kind of not mind numbing, but you don't really need to pay that much attention to, but it's entertaining. Go watch GCB. It was on something many years ago and it got canceled. But does, does that stand for anything? Good Christian bitches. Oh, yeah. That sounds like something she would be in. <laughs> it was it was so good. And we have somebody from Ghostbusters in it too. Like, wow. We got one. That girl. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah, she's in it as her mom. It's so good. Go watch it. GCB. I had to buy it on YouTube, but if you're resourceful, I'm sure you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think we should play like seven degrees of Sam Rockwell separation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like oh, well, on each of these. We definitely should. Because he always comes up in our podcast. He's like related to everything in like some like, kind of a way. In some kind of Ooh, way. That's just gonna be the chills. Oh, I don't let's know go. Why, but in like a good way. In a good way, because we love him. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, everybody. Then we also have Brian Cox in this film. For those of you who are wondering who that is, I'm sure a lot of you have watched succession which is like a very popular show right now and he plays the main man of the patriarchy the father logan roy and he does a fantastic job but i will say that he also is in a lot of great many other films that are just as fantastic i also never watched succession I just started watching it a little while ago and it's so good. I know my husband hates me that I can't like sit through it because i'm so (laughs) impatient who i'm gonna bring up next is dylan baker Yes. Who plays Stephen Wilkins. And this role was actually specifically written for him because he's got this taste for being lovable and creepy at the same time. Ugh. Yeah, I don't I don't love him. I mean, he's got the creepy vibe, which fits perfectly in this role. And he's also in some random shit that I know, like Across the Universe and Revolutionary Road. And apparently he's in Hunters, which was really good. But I just don't remember him in it, which you can also find on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I feel like he is one of those actors that he's, like, in a lot of shit. You just, like, don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. Kind of like I'm blanking on Brian Cox right now. (laughs) Well, also, it's, like, Judy Greer, how she wrote that book. Like, I'm that girl in that one thing. Yeah. Like, he's that boy or that man in that one thing. Totally. 100%. (laughs) And then we also have – I'm going to bring up Quinn Lord, who plays Sam, our little Sam. Little Sam. Or Sam Hain or Sawin. Sawin. And he was seven during this film shoot, which is kind of nuts to me. When I was looking at his filmography, I don't think I've noticed anything else that he's been in except for Firefly Lane, which I, I guess people like on Netflix. Wait, he's in that? Yeah, I don't know what he is in it, but I guess he's in that. For like the, oh, yeah. Did you I do? have seen that. Oh, I'm going to have to go and well, there see you go. who he was. Interesting. Love that. So that kind of is a lot of like our main cast members. We obviously have a lot of characters who are still significant and we'll we'll kind of dive into those later. But but those that's kind of wrapping up like our top build cast. And then, you know, some just like kind of other basic facts and fun facts about the film is that this does take place in a fictional town called Warren Valley. I will say like one thing that I also thought that was super cool about this film and I actually have it written in my notes is that there's like a really fun little like Halloween festival slash like parade that goes on during this film and me and the producer looked at it because I was like I want to go to that party and I guess it's based on a festival called like the Festival of Lost Souls that takes place every year in Vancouver, Canada. Low key. I want to go. No, actually high key. Whenever I watch this movie, I'm like, how the fuck do I get to that parade? That's that's I feel the exact same way every single time. Like why I want to be there. If I I don't go before I die, then I will be very upset with myself. We should definitely make it a point to make that happen. (laughs) Another cool thing, too, is that as like you watch this film, we've already mentioned it's about like five stories intertwined. But like characters from the other stories, like it all kind of like comes back full circle. And so you actually will see the characters from the various different storylines in the background of scenes. So that's something like I challenged myself watching it this last time to like see if I could notice like other characters from the different storylines throughout different scenes. So some more fun shit. There's a lot of fun stuff behind the making of this, like the intention of this movie. 
So there's some awesome tributes to other horror films. One being, one of my favorites is, we'll meet this character, Billy, and (laughs) he happens to be the son of one of our main characters, and he is straight up dressed like Chucky. And it's yes. not it's not subtle at all. So it, throughout my notes, I call him Billy Chucky. Billy Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I love that, actually. <laughs> so uh, if I say Billy Chucky, <laughs> I apologize, but he's straight up just like Chucky. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, that's actually amazing. Yeah. And, and speaking of like other kind of odes to horror movies, too, the name Lori for Anna Paquin's character is actually based on Jamie Lee Curtis's character in the original 1978 Halloween, which I thought was really interesting. And speaking of Carpenter films, <laughs> Brian Cox, he was like, I want to look like Carpenter <laughs> in this film. And they made him look like Carpenter in this film. Yep. <laughs> which is awesome. He also resembles like the main character in The Thing. Yes. And then yes. I think there was like one. I think it was also. No, it's I know what you're talking about. And it's he says at the end, like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> and then in The Thing, they also say. You're fucking kidding me. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love all these like little odes. I think like that's one thing that's so cool about horror movies is a lot of horror movies make odes to other horror movies, which I super appreciate. So that was a lot of the fun, just random shit. But now we're going to get into the actual movie where we kind of break it down and go through everything and give our opinions. You know, I'm opinionated. So Emma, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. (laughs) So this film opens with one of those old like black and white little safety films. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but you know, it's just like stay safe this Halloween with these tips. And it's like shot black and white and looks all old, like something that you're watching at a drive through or drive in movie theater. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's so cool. It's giving Mad Men. It is giving Mad Yeah, and it's like 1950s. Yeah. Like, And I actually read that this educational film was actually not originally there, but it was part of the trailer and Michael Doherty loved it so much that he wanted it added to the film, which I thought was really cool. And that's pretty much all we get of the little introduction because then it immediately kind of pans to a shot of a jack-o'-lantern and the jack-o'-lantern is lit. The jack-o'-lantern's lit. Is lit. <laughs> it is lit, which is kind of important. And we'll talk about that throughout. But it's very important. It's very important. We kind of see the same jack-o'-lantern throughout several scenarios and scenes throughout this film. So keep that in mind. Also, Emma, when did we start calling jack-o'-lanterns jack-o'-lanterns and like pumpkins pumpkins? Like I understand the difference, but like as a kid, did you say jack-o'-lantern? Do you want to carve a jack-o'-lantern? No, I want to carve a pumpkin. I think it starts as a pumpkin and turns into a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, but did you say that as a kid? I think so. You did? Yeah, my parents are old school, man. Okay. Never mind. Moving on. But I am not downplaying your experience. I did not think you were. I'm just like, what? <laughs> There's a lot of jack-o'-lantern talk in this film. Yeah. I'm like, it's a pumpkin, bitch. You look like a, a pumpkin, pumpkin, bitch. <laughs> I watched that today. God, that's a great film. No strings attached. It's on Netflix, I yeah. think, if you guys want to watch it. <laughs> Anyways, so we see this jack-o'-lantern that's lit, and that leads into our first kind of tale, if you will. I like this part because it's like a couple and they are walking back up to their house. It's kind of implied that they've been out trick-or-treating or out doing something for Halloween. They're in costumes. And this is actually our first introduction to Leslie Bibb, who we just mentioned, but we, we love. love her. And her character's name is Emma. Emma. Emma in the film. And she is with her boyfriend, husband, fiance, partner, whatever. She actually says, babe, we're lit. 
but I think she means more like tired. <laughs> like I don't think I don't know. I don't think back then lit means the same yeah, thing as it. Yeah, this was 2007. Now. Yeah. And she's just like basically like I'm tired, babe. Let's go to bed. I'm over this night. Like let's take down all the Halloween direct decorations, what have you. The hub I call him hubby because I don't know what he yeah, is. Yeah, I think his name is actually Henry. Henry. In I'm going to keep film, calling him but hubby. they don't talk, Yeah, they don't say his name. I'm going to keep calling him hubby cuz that's what my notes say. <laughs> he kind of alludes to don't blow it out this it's not honoring traditions oh yes he does yeah he says like like why would we blow it out like it's not even like the night's not over you know whatever and emma sort of just has this very cavalier just like oh who cares whatever She's like what the fuck i don't care yeah and so she blows it out and after that we kind of see this voyeuristic scene of something across the street and if you've seen the film you can interpret what that is but it's it seems like something's watching them from across the street yeah from like their point of view yes yeah and then talking to her hubby or whatever and is like you know i'm just gonna take down these decorations my mom's coming into town tomorrow and she is gonna just like freak out at all this stuff and and he's like okay well like hurry inside and he kind of makes like a note that he wants some sexy time like with her and i don't don't think like that he makes a huge note i think she's just like oh my gosh she's tired and doesn't she's tired and she's like go put on the tape yeah (laughs) she goes okay i'll meet you in there like i'm gonna start taking things down outside so then he does actually go inside and he's very excited to go put on the put tape. on the tape and then wait for her to get back <laughs> after taking down decorations yeah she is outside and she's pulling down decorations and it should be noted that as you're imagining what their house and their decor looks like there's a lot of like sheets around and kind of like it's almost like they've made like fake ghosts with like sticks and just to kind of make like the silhouette of a ghost or like, like a person scarecrow scarecrowish yeah like but like with just like sheets also totally. what i will say about their house and how it's decorated that's a lot of effort for somebody who fucking hates halloween and expresses it several times yeah i actually do have it written in my notes that she says I hate Halloween and yeah. I'm like girl like I wish my house looked like that if I freaking hated Halloween I love Halloween that's what I'm saying like you kind of have to like pay for that kind of shit and yeah. you do it and you hate it maybe just 2007 was a different time oh the before the economy dropped I get it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whoa I went there dark was more <laughs> there was more disposable income 2008 um, that's the scariest <laughs> thing in this film <laughs> as she's taking down the decorations she actually sees kind of a scary person across the street staring at her a tall dark person wearing dark clothing and they are wearing a mask and i think as the viewer you're kind of like oh shit that must be the person that was like looking at her that we got that point of view shot from minutes earlier but then the guy literally like a car pulls up and he gets in the vehicle and it's just like a teenager so then we all kind of breathe a sigh of relief and then as she is like kind of taking down all of the decor and everything she actually takes down a sheet and as she's taking down the sheet we see something kind of like attack her they just kind of get into a scuffle under this sheet that she was trying to take down and also like how is nobody no one's yeah Nobody around. No no one's around. Her boyfriend's not checking on her or hubby or whatever. Well, maybe boyfriend is actually lit and is like Mm -hmm. lit. He's probably lit. We actually see three kids come upon this attack, if you will. And and by the way, like there's like blood and stuff coming out of the sheet. So it's there's definitely been some sort of like pretty vulgar attack that's happening. And there's a lot of blood. And I actually read that they boiled the blood that they used in this scene to create steam before it was put like under the sheet into the scene. Love that. So just to kind of give off that like body like heat thing, which kind of freaks me out. 
I but I love that effect. Blood would steam, but like I love the effect. I think blood can steam if it's cold enough. I think so. Yeah. Whoa. Should we test it? We should. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, but just, but going back to the three kids. Yeah, so I was just gonna say the the three kids come upon this attack, and we they're like, oh hell no. Yeah, and they, they literally like run away. They run away. <laughs> and we actually also see them later, which we'll get to. Yeah. But this attack happens. So we cut to a different scene. The husband's like waking up. He's, and he's like falling asleep. He's falling asleep because he's apparently quote unquote lit. And so lit. So lit. And he's still wearing his costume and the tape's over. Like his quote unquote, the tape. It's porn. His porn's over. And he's like, my girl's not in here. So he goes to investigate the front yard where she was taking down the decorations. And he's like walking around and we kind of see some decorations um, in a box and then some things hanging from the tree. And what we notice is one of the things hanging from the tree is a dismembered arm and a leg but that wasn't uncommon because they had those kind of props in their trees before yeah, they had like fake decor even as emma was going through the decor yeah. earlier in the night she actually like hits one of the little fake arms so once we see husband hubby rather investigating this he proceeds to pull off a sheet of one of the ghost scarecrows if you will and we see that it's Leslie Bibbs head kind of impaled on a stake and shoved in her mouth is Sam's iconic lollipop which we'll talk about later too I have one yeah she does have one I can <laughs> I can attest to that and at this point we don't we don't we haven't fully really like seen Sam yet or know like who little Sam the pumpkin man is but the lollipop does come into play and it's like they're it's shoved into Leslie Leslie Bibb or Emma's mouth and it's very it's a very jarring scene I think that he also has like dismembered her in a couple areas too like her like arms and stuff yeah they're in the tree they're in the tree it's kind of a crazy way to just like open the film and this happens within like the first five minutes yeah the very next scene is now we are at the town parade or like festival and there is a little ticker on the bottom of the screen that says earlier that night and we see this amazing Halloween carnival festival party thing and I want to go to that. I also wrote in my notes that the like how the lights were hanging and everything in this parade. Oh, it's just sorry so we keep cute. like talking about this parade but you, if you you've guys, watched it's it, fucking, it's, it's lit. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's lit. It does remind me of parts of Salem that we went to last year. 1000%. Just like that small town vibe. Just like really, really sweet decorations too. Nothing is like, I don't know. You just can't really describe it. Like nothing's cheesy. Everything is just good quality. People are all dressed up to the nines, not in just like cheap little costumes or t-shirts. Like people are truly like dressed up. We'll stop gushing about the parade for like a second because we will keep gushing about it later. (laughs) We won't stop. But after we then actually get to after the title sequence and everything, we like Emma said, we get to this parade and then we see a intro scene as a young man drags his candy bag against like the sidewalk floor and it's dirty and disgusting and it's like so great like young man where's your mother i'm not sure yeah he's like just totally by himself <laughs> yeah which i mean that's a whole different story and but he's kind of like a young little like kind of like chubby kid like he kind of reminds yeah. me of the kid in the goonies 
He could also be a bully because he True. seems like he might be a bully. Yeah, he kind of is a little bit of an asshole. Yeah. I feel like. And then he passes somebody that we're going to encounter later on, too. So I just love these little, like, crossovers. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned that before. Like, you'll see different characters from different storylines kind of in the background or every storyline sort of making everything come together. And so, to Ali's point, we get that kind of small dose of those two characters. And then we immediately go into another scene where we have four girls that are trying on some Halloween costumes and they were seeing it from the vantage point of like right outside their dressing room. So we're not like in the dressing rooms with them. We don't know what they look like just yet, but we can hear them all talking and they're talking about a party that they're going to and how they've come in town for this specific party. And there's also a little kid who's kind of mm-hmm. peeking into the cracks of the dressing room. And who is that, Emma? We actually found out doing research on this film that the little kid happens to actually be the same person who plays our little Sam Sam character in this film. So kind of a fun little fact there. And then the girls finally come out of their dressing rooms and they are all wearing, you know, slutty little Halloween costumes, the best kind. In girl world, it's the one day a year where you can dress like a total slut and nobody is going to get mad at you. (laughs) Mean girls reference. I know, but we've never (laughs) been like that. It's like kind of funny. (laughs) So like they come out and they're like it's like princessy costumes or like fairy tale costumes there's like cinderella snow Snow white White. and then like little bo peep or something little bo peep and then Lori. yeah Lori comes out as a very more modest little red riding hood i was actually little red riding hood a few years ago sketch and i had my really really great friend lana shout out to you my girl she does amazing makeup and she did like a werewolf but it was like werewolf glam and it was really cute. So I remember anyways, that. That, that was, was like one of my favorite costumes. So good. Not to be judgy, but who waits till Halloween night to get, to your get costume? their costume? I have actual nightmares about that exact same scenario. You can ask the producer like, and I mean, Ali this too, but I'm planning costumes right now for next year already. Like I'm at least getting the idea in my mind because that stresses me out to no end thinking about buying a costume the night of somewhere. No. And how would you? Right? We're busy. I can't. I can't honestly, it's making me my heart pound. I'm sorry. Well, we can cut that. <laughs> We can, we, can, we can cut that discussion. Yeah, no, it's but so true. So true. But also something to note is before Lori comes out of her dressing room as Little Red Riding Hood, her older sister, Danielle. Yeah, Danielle. Danielle is knocking on the door, be like, bitch, come out. Mm-hmm. I'll huff and I'll puff. And we all know what that is because, well, hopefully we're all old enough to have read fairy tale. Like, yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Can I tell you a fun fact really quick? Please. About Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, is um, it going to scare me? One of my proudest moments ever in my entire life. I don't even think that the producer knows this, but my mom is going to love this. I actually auditioned to be the big bad wolf oh, in second yeah. grade for Three Little Pigs. I know it's not the same story, but related. And I beat out all the boys and I got the part. And I've, I'll never forget the song. I'll never be more proud of you. I want a big fat pig to eat. I want a big fat pig to eat. Did you do that too? The producer was the wolf. Are you joking me? Are we like absolutely universally meant to be right now? Shut up. I don't know what to say. Should I should I get that ordained is like, right now? Yeah. Marry me you and the right producer here. are getting married because we were both the big bad wolf in literally second grade. Oh my God. No, it was like so good. Like it was my acting. I hope debut. there's footage of this. That was my acting debut. I think my parents have it somewhere. Dude. Wow. I'm that's like, going on our Instagram. You're welcome, everyone. I can't even believe that we share that, and that makes me happier than I think I've ever been. All right, I'm getting ordained, everybody. Okay, so anyways, moving on. Then we 
change scenes again, we're kind of back to following this little dirty, dirty candy bag man with his dirty candy bag. And he's also like knocking down jack-o'-lanterns as he's like walking down the street, which is like one, like really rude. And also like, just like, why? Like, what did they do to you? Just like he's probably been bullied because he's like I, a yeah, little. I thought you were just saying he was the bully. Yeah, but he probably is because like, I mean, as bullies a self-defense, like are usually they have been bullied. Yeah, that's true. I'm just projecting everybody. <laughs> We actually see, we find out that the child's name is actually Charlie because he runs into our first introduction to Mr. Mr. Wilkins. Wilkins. So yeah, Charlie is walking down and he comes across this house that's kind of like darkish and not super lit up like the other houses and he walks up to the stoop. It's one of those situations where basically you're either not home or the parents are like, fuck this, I'm not giving out candy and says, please take one in a bowl out front of the house. And he's like, ha okay, fuckers. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to take it all. I'm going to take it all. And so Mr. Wilkins, he runs into him, kind of catches him. And then we go back to Lori and the girls. So like we've talked about, guys, there's a lot of bouncing around here between the different storylines. But then we're back with the gals and the girls are walking down the street. They're kind of like in the parade already or like walking to the parade. And they are talking about how Lori is a virgin at 22 and she just needs to lose it, whatever. And it's kind of funny because as like the viewer, especially the first time you're watching this, you're probably thinking like this whole night for these gals is literally going to be all about just Lori finding a dude to lose her virginity. And there's two brunette girls that are kind of in this little group. They're not as big of characters, but they're all talking about Lori, like finding a guy. They're like, oh, it's really not that hard. Like watch us. And they basically like go up to a news van. They go up to the, to the guys in the news van and they're, they basically just are like, hey, we really need a date tonight to this like Halloween party. Do you guys want to hang out? Blah, blah, blah. And then like next thing you know, they're all hanging out. They're all leaving with them. They're leaving with them in the news van. Which is a sketchy. Don't do that. B, it pro- like they were showing how easy it was for them, for them to, to all, get guys to get yeah. random dates on like a Halloween evening. And yep. then Lori is like, okay, guys, major point. She's like, got it. This is my first time. I want to do special. I'll like wait. Yeah. And she's kind of like, I-, I think this happens like a tiny bit later, but she basically tells Danielle, her like sister, she's like, I think I'm just going to try to go find a guy myself. Like, I will go and meet up with you guys at the party. I know where to go. And like, let me just do my own thing. But before that happens, actually, we switch back to Mr. Wilkins and Charlie. And they are now sitting on the front porch of Mr. Wilkins' house. And Charlie, or Mr. Wilkins, gives Charlie some extra candy. But as he gives him some candy, he's also talking to him about like kind of the do's and don'ts of Halloween, the rules, so to speak, as Ali kind of mentioned way earlier in this episode, the rules of Halloween and how you shouldn't steal candy and how you shouldn't be smashing people's pumpkins and And Mr. Wilkins, as this is happening, he's like carving a pumpkin kind of as he's sitting next to little Charlie. He so, yes, he like straight up starts calling Charlie out. Yeah, he's like, like bro, I know you you were bad. (laughs) Yeah, in a very calm and like not kind, but a very kind of crazy sadistic way. Yeah, it's almost like too kind. It's like, what do you have up your sleeve? And when he pulls that knife out, I, I would run for the hills. Yeah, it's a little scary. But I think Charlie also is in a position of maybe like trust. Because we're going to find out who Mr. Wilkins is in just a second. Yep. I guess you're right. But Mr. Wilkins is also kind of mentioning, oh, there's like all these traditions, you know, for Halloween and you should be following these traditions, what have you. And then he says, and one of the most important traditions 
And as he's about to like finish this thought, Charlie starts to get violently ill and he starts to like literally throw yeah. up basically the candy that he's just eaten. So it, like he starts gagging and it looks like he's projectile vomiting blood and chocolate and chocolate. Yeah. yeah. And some scenes it looks just like chocolate and then others it's just like straight blood. It's like in 1975. Oh, just like chocolate. <laughs> just like chocolate. I don't remember how that song <laughs> actually goes, but I read is that they made that stuff out of completely edible and organic ingredients. We love that. And we love we, <laughs> we love, love a sustainable and queen. Or- and organic. Yeah. <laughs> But like the director said he tried it and he's like, yeah, it's quite delicious. Yeah, I know. I thought that was so funny. I'm like, I don't know if I would even have the stomach to try that. No, to me, like even watching the scene, I love this movie, but even watching the scene, I'm like, oh, the producer and I last night, we were actually celebrating our one year anniversary. Congrats. Congrats. We were cooking dinner or eating dinner at this point. Oh, God. And we were watching it. Why would you watch this movie while eating dinner? We both, I think, I think we can both speak for this. We're both the type of people that don't get like weirded out by stuff like that oh. while eating. But I will say this scene specifically, I did kind of have to look down and like not pay attention for a minute. Girl, I like have to put stupid shit on when I'm eating because <laughs> I get, no. Mm-mm. Good for you. Also, you know, going back to how all of this is happening on his front porch and nobody's walking by. No one's walking by. You'll You'll notice that this is kind of a theme. People could be maybe walking by, but we just don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's just not, it's either not shown or people just truly are not walking by. Timing. Timing. As Charlie starts to get ill, Mr. Wilkins tells him that the most important tradition of Halloween is always Always check check your your candy. candy. As you should, though, for real. Though you really do. This is a PSA. Yeah. And if you have children, please check your children's candy. Charlie kind of like passes out onto Mr. Wilkins and Mr. Wilkins drags him inside And as he kind of gets him just inside of like the foyer, some kids actually knock on his door to come trick or treat at his house. And he's kind of like, one second, like I'll be there, you know, whatever, because the kids are kind of calling him out like, we see you, we know you're there, like don't act like you're not home. And he opens the door and he has a pool of blood that is staining the like right side of his shirt. Yes. So he opens the door and it- And the kids scream. The kids scream, (laughs) but they're like, haha, just kidding. They're like, haha, gotcha, Mr. Wilkins. And we learn that that's actually, Mr. Wilkins is actually the principal of the local school. Yeah. So these are some of his kids who have come to trick or treat. And that's kind of daunting. Yeah. And they ask, the way that we find this out is they ask him if they can have his jack-o'-lantern because they are, quote unquote, collecting jack-o'-lanterns. For UNICEF. For UNICEF, which makes no sense. Literal zero. And they literally say, Principal Wilkins, can we have your jack-o'-lantern? And that's when you're just having this moment of like, oh, shit. Fucking principal. And he just like let a kid die on his arms. So then. Shit, we got, we have so much to cover. I know. So once these kids leave, we get a glimpse of Sam. Yes, Sam comes up and he is on the porch also asking for candy, but not asking like with a voice. He's just kind of standing there. He's just like standing there being a cutie patootie. (laughs) And he's just like, yeah. And he reaches in like kind of hastily and then runs off. And I'm like, you cutie patootie. I know. He's so cute in this film. And then Mr. Wilkins drags Charlie's body to the backyard where... He's already dug a huge hole, which like at first I was like, how the hell does he already have a hole? But then we actually find out that he actually has another body in there or like a little body, potentially a little child, which is very sad. For sure a child. And he already has a little body in there. He dumps Charlie's body kind of on top of the one that's already in there. And then as he's kind of doing all of this, 
his son yells at him from the top window and scares the shit out of Mr. Wilkins because he's like, I'm kind of doing something sketch. Like, don't yell at me right now. And this is the kid that's dressed as as Chucky. Chucky. So yeah. it's Billy Chucky. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Dad, what are you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Billy, please be quiet. We don't want to like wake the neighbors. And he's just as like, why don't we want to wake the Nate? Like just being so loud. And he asks him if he can go with him to the parade. And his dad is like, no, like you can't come. Like I have a date. But then Billy's like, okay, well, will you at least help me carve my jack-o'-lantern? Because he needs help with the eyes. And like that line sticks with me and it will stick with me forever. And it'll but stick with you too once you know. Ouch. Ooh. <laughs> um, but also dad agrees to like help with the jack lantern but yeah one of my favorite lines is principal wilkins is like billy get the fuck inside go watch charlie brown and billy chucky is like charlie brown's an asshole <laughs> and apparently the director of this film was like obsessed with charlie brown so and I mean, there's yeah we're gonna bring it up later but there's another charlie brown yeah like it's pretty funny <laughs> so once he's kind of dealt with his son and he's like back to work he notices that his neighbor's dog actually starts kind of pawing at an opening in the fence and he's like He's kind of like, get out of here. Like, don't blah, blah, blah. So then Mr. Wilkins actually cuts a finger off of the previous dead body that he had in the hole and throws it into his neighbor's yard for the dog to go and get. And at the same time, we get our introduction to Brian Cox's character, who is Mr. Krieg. His neighbor, the one that owns the dog, comes out and he's kind of like thinking there's a trespasser or something. He's like asking his dog, like, are you done? Are you done pooping? You know, whatever. He hears something. And it's like, Meh. it's kind of a little, yeah, it's like, <laughs> Mr. Krieg next door hears that and is kind of like, what's going on? Like, what's happening next door? And he's like, I've got an NRA membership in my pocket and I've got a shotgun. <laughs> Once we're kind of done in the grave. The, the situation is diffused. Yeah. He's gone back inside. He's annoyed with this actual kid. And he's like, daddy, why is, why is mommy gone? Daddy, why can't we go trick or treat? Like, so he's clearly annoyed with his son. His yeah. son. Yep. But once Wilkins is walking back into the house, we see Mr. Craig? Krieg. I'll yeah. never know how to say that. Mr. Krieg? He's like banging on the window and Wilkins is like, fuck off. Yeah. And then Mr. Craig, we actually see from like, we're we're in the perspective of Mr. Wilkins' yard looking into Mr. Craig's window. And as Mr. Wilkins is walking off frame and back into his house, we actually see something tackle Mr. Craig. Krieg. Krieg. Never know. <laughs> in the other, like in his house. And so you're kind of like, what the hell? Like, what was that? Yeah. And once we're back inside, we see Billy Chucky being like, I want to I want to carve this Jack Lantern. And we see Wilkins start to take him downstairs and he grabs a large kitchen knife. And I think it's kind of inferred that he's annoyed with this kid and he might want to use it on him. Yeah. Like as the viewer, you're like, is this dude going to chop up his like yeah. own flesh and blood? Yeah. His little Billy Chucky. And we go downstairs. This this scene to me is probably like the grossest one to me. Really? Okay. Yeah. The way you just said that to me. Ooh. I just think the throw up one was probably the grossest. But Wait till you hear what I have to say. Okay. <laughs> so they go downstairs to the basement and he's like, let's carve this jack lantern. Billy Chucky says that. And he's like, Mr. Wilkins is like, okay. And then it kind of cuts to where he's holding this knife up above Billy Chucky's head. And we hear this stabbing sound. and But you don't see anything. We don't see anything. And as the audience, we think he's potentially- You're like, did that motherfucker just stab yeah. his son? 
And then we see when they pan out, Billy Chucky is safe and sound and Mr. Wilkins is happy as a clam and has put the knife into the Lazy Susan or turntable of where Charlie's decapitated head is at. And that's what I was saying is that's the grossest part to me is like the decapitation of the head. Yeah, no, that is. It's gross. And then I think what's equally as jarring is then it it pans back to Mr. Wilkins and his son, Billy Chucky. And <laughs> Billy Chucky is not surprised at all. Like, this is a totally normal thing. And he literally says to his dad, let's carve a scary face this time. So he's like training his son to be like him. Also, Kevin and I are always like. Don't forget to help me with the eyes. <gasps> oh my God, that's so scary. Know, isn't it? Like, what's wrong with us? Oh those? my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, as the kids are kind of looking around for these jack o' lanterns still, and these are the same kids that have come up to Mr. Wilkinson's house, and this is kind of how we found out that he was actually like the principal, they run into a house with dozens of just beautifully carved jack o' lanterns that are all lit up. Honestly, it's like, my dream. Ali and I have been to like a jack-o'-lantern event where like a lot of art oh, installations. And, I like, miss that. Yeah, it was so cool. Like people were making so many different cool shapes and figures and everything. everything out of jack-o'-lanterns. It was beautiful. And this kind of reminds me of that. Obviously, it's not trying to be anything that it's not. It's just a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns, but it truly is so beautiful. Also, and then, oh, sorry, just, go ahead. No, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. This is the, at the top of the podcast, we mentioned that this Rhonda, this is Rhonda that we were meeting right now. Her house is modeled after Carrie White's house from Carrie of Stephen so cool. King's Carrie. Yes. Obviously, it looks different, but like Emma said, this is our basically our dream house. It's so cool. And like, it's just so beautiful. And this is also a point in the film where you can tell that there's going to be a little bit of tension here because the kids kind of say, oh, look, it's our word, Rhonda. Rhonda. And we don't really want to repeat that word. We don't like it or believe in it. And one of the other gals says, oh, well, she's not an R word. She's an idiot savant. Which also (laughs) isn't great. Isn't great. But I appreciate trying to make it sound a little bit more elevated. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Okay, marketing Um, girl. (laughs) But they're kind of, it's already very clear that these guys are probably a little bit of bullies. And it's, it's kind of interesting how they sort of invite Rhonda to to hang out with them and to keep looking for jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, basically, you don't have to be like a psychology major to know that she's kind of deemed... A little different. A little different. The quote-unquote bookworm, nerdy... Yeah, a little maybe socially, like... Awkward yeah, girl. Totally. Although she is super nice to everybody initially. So nice. yeah. yeah. And she's coming out of her house with all these beautiful jack-o'-lanterns, and they're still trying to collect jack-o'-lanterns. However... They're like, there has a, a pl- they're, they have a plot in place. That with, we're going to find out a little bit later. Yes, yeah. with Rhonda. They have a plan. The rest of the, I put it, quote unquote, as like the popular bullies. Yes. Yeah. And one of them, the boy. Yes. Schrader. Schrader. So they, they use Schrader, who's like a hot young man. Yeah. Like if we were all in seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade, this was probably like the guy we all had crushes on. He's like our age now, so I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe older. I'm not yeah. sure. But so they use him kind of as bait to not lure her out, but sort of lure her out and come like, with them. He is nice to her and is like, oh, I'm yeah. Schrader. Like, what's your name? And she's like, oh, I'm Rhonda. And he says, oh, did you carve all these pumpkins? And she's like, yes, I did. And I made my costume too. And she's like really proud, which is so cute because as she freaking should be like- 
all her stuff is amazing. So then we find ourselves back at the parade festival. I, I think you misspoke. It's a bitchin' Halloween parade. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> and now we're back at the bitchin' Halloween parade. And you're welcome. And <laughs> we see two kind of random people making out in the alleyway. And I'm not gonna lie, it's like kind of a little bit of a hot scene at it's first. Like, a- like they're definitely getting hot and heavy in the in the alleyway. And there's a gal. She's kind of dressed up in I don't know, like I don't know what she was meant to be dressed up as. I don't know, but she's sort of wearing like medieval garb, in my opinion. Sure. But like not that much. Like she's not dressed up as an actual medieval person. She could be dubbed as scantily clad, but scantily potentially clad. dressed. A wench, if you will, maybe. A wench, okay. And then we see a a guy in like a cape and a mask, so obviously trying to hide his identity. And he, as they're kind of making out, he actually ends up like biting her. We see like, and during this entire scene, it makes me like, because it's a little unnerving. Cringe. Because like, she's like enjoying it as she's being fondled. And then we see that there's like blood being drawn and she's like too drunk to be like, Oh my gosh. And then she finally is self aware. Yeah, it just takes her a second. It takes kinda, her a second, but like, yeah. I don't know, man. I would hope that even if I was that drunk, that I, I would could notice if I was like bleeding. A puncture wound because someone bit me. Yeah. <laughs> and she kind of freaks out and actually like runs kind of out of the alleyway. And she actually runs into Emma and her hubby from the very first scene mm-hmm. in the movie. And they're both like, hubby was just like rude. Yeah, they're both rude, and she, like, clings on to Emma, and Emma's like, what the fuck? And hubby is like, baby, she's drunk. And so then we cut to where we see the young woman who's been, like, she's obviously gushing blood. But it looks like Halloween, so well, nobody's that's really thing. noticing. That's the thing is, like, she's propped up Mr. Man in the Iron Mask. Just kidding. I love that movie. <laughs> she's being propped up against this wall and it is seemingly inconspicuous because she could be just wearing fake blood and passed out with all the other drunks beside her. Totally. Yeah. Um, which is sort of terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, like, whether it looked like fake or real blood, I'd probably call the cops. A fun fact about this young woman that we just saw get basically killed. She is actually the stunt double for Sam. She is? She, she, pl- in all the stunt scenes, she plays Sam. Oh, drunk. and then she does the stunts? She does the stunts. <gasps> Wait, that's so fun. I know, right? Uh, oh my God, good for her. I know. How fun. Wait, that's so cool. I love that. Love women in power. We love women in power. So then after that scene, just as everything does, it kind of just ends abruptly and we move on to another storyline. And now we are back with the kids and with Rhonda and they're all walking together and they are walking to the quarry because the leader, the quarry, quarry, whatever, Macy, the leader of the pack, (laughs) she is leading them. This bitch. And- as they're walking, Rhonda is talking to Chip, which is a little cutie in the group. And I was really rooting for Chip until he was mean to Rhonda. But he like I, wasn't. He like wasn't like the He mean. wants to be nice to her. Yeah. I think he just is like honestly, he's just peer pressured into being kind of an, a bully. Well, um, that's what I was gonna say is like two of two of them are peer pressured. Oh, yeah. Yes. Totally. But also, doesn't this seem like a far ass walk? Totally. I'm like, where are you who guys the, going? Who the fuck's parents are letting them? And just- why did Rhonda just like random? Just she just joined the group. Like she was like, oh, Schrader's hot. Okay, I guess I'll just walk with you guys and do whatever it was that you guys were planning on doing. Like if I were an introverted kid, or I am a, I'm an introverted extrovert, by the way. 
But if I were not familiarized with people on Halloween specifically, and they're like, just come out with us, I'd be like, fuck no. What? What? Yeah, I think there's there's got to be some more backstory here. Like, they obviously all know of each other. They're all in the same school, whatnot. But yeah, it is a little bit weird that they're all just going to do a weird task together. Or maybe, or maybe or, Rhonda knows something we don't know. Yeah, maybe she does. So then we have this cute moment between Chip, who is, like, playing, like, he's he's kind of like a little, a little chubby kid, and he is wearing, like, a pirate costume. And Chip says to Rhonda, wow, you must really like Halloween. And then Rhonda kind of schools him with some education. And she's like, oh, you mean Sawin, All Hallows' Eve? Like, and she is kind of educating him on the subject. And it's really cute. He's kind of like, huh? And then she sort of, like, notices, like, oh, I might have given a little bit too much info. And she goes, I really like your eye patch. She's like, I'm going to pull back on that. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I think I'm freaking him out a little bit. No, but you also see, like, that she has some, she's, like, an empathetic girl. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. She's, like, socially aware, like, oh, maybe that was a little yeah. bit too much, like, whatnot. And then, so, then they make it to the the quarry. Quarry. The quarry. Rock quarry. The only time I ever really hear quarry, honestly. Like XL or, like. No, I was like literally math? gonna say like the movie It. They say quarry. No, they no they say quarry. Like I never really hear quarry or a quar. However you say it, and I just remember like notably I remember hearing it within <laughs> it. Anyways, goddamn it, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> so the kids go to the 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 quarry. The quarry, like quarry, <laughs> like my friend Corey. Yes, like Corey. Corey. Q U A. No, I know how you spell okay, it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> think of quarry guys how do you fucking say this because i no, no, say no. quarry no, because no, no. i think it is quarry quarry i think we're saying the same thing we are saying the same thing okay okay let's move on <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the goddamn whatever and then me <laughs> they're all kind of like well why are we here blah 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 and macy tells them the story well we're here because of the halloween school bus massacre so basically like 30 years to this day ago there was a horrible incident regarding a school bus, obviously. Also, I want to shout out this sepia tone gradient that they put on this entire flashback series because yeah. it really throws me into some fall vibes. Yeah, totally. But essentially, there's a school bus full of special needs children. Or they say like different kids, like quote unquote different. Different kids. And the story is that that. They, the bus driver was paid off by the parents because they were done being inconvenienced or, you know, just... They were over it. They were over having these children that were just... They they had a little bit more needs maybe than your average child, which there's nothing wrong with that. And so the rumor was that the parents paid off the bus driver to essentially drive them over a cliff. Well, addendum to that. Addendum granted. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love our court system here. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Objection! Objection. No, <laughs> but what I was going to say is, yes, the, the school bus driver was pretty much bribed with mo monetary value to, quote unquote, take care of it. But as they're driving past or on their way to the, the quarry... Mm -hmm. Quarry. I'm not going to say it. You go ahead. They drive that past that pumpkin patch that the kids walked past earlier and perhaps. And there's actually a fun fact about that. And the school bus story is actually a homage to the great pumpkin, the Charlie Brown film from 1966. 
And just like Ali said, this whole thing originally took place in a cemetery overgrown with pumpkins. So like they were going to do this scene with the little pumpkin patch as an ode to the great pumpkin with Sam kind of being like the great pumpkin, which was kind of cool. But they did not do that. But they did not. They drove past it. And then when they the bus passes by, you get to see little Sam like stabbing a cute little crow and like he's holding his so dead cute. crow just like being so cute so cute so, so cute, cute. <laughs> so once once the kids in the school bus get to the quarry the bus driver is like trying to calm them down and one of the children noticed the are oh, obviously yeah, like this is so heartbreaking i know like they're like this is not the direction we take every day for school and he goes wrong way wrong way wrong way fun fact is Kevin and I, my husband, say that to each other when we're not going the right way while driving. Wow. Yeah. I'm definitely going to start to say that. Wrong to way. The producer. Wrong way. And then, so he's the one that's like able to unshackle himself because, oh, by the way, they're all shackled. Oh, God. Yeah. That is a big detail. That is a which big, is also fucked up. It's, well, all of it's fucked up, but yeah. yes. So, and then he's able to get a head start to the driver's seat. Young man in like the, Dracula costume or whatever is the one to plummet themselves and he just yeets them over that. Yeah, he eats them. Yeah, it's it's sad. And to Ali's point, the one in the Dracula costume, they're all wearing like masks of some sort. So you don't actually see the kids' faces. But it's like so sad because they're all like dressed up for Halloween when they were probably like going home from school and probably gonna go trick-or-treating. And, and it's just sad. It's sad, but to lighten your hearts a little bit. Those costumes were modeled after what special needs children actually created their costumes to be back in that like day. That's actually really sweet. It is, oh. but it's also sad. And actually, the producer and I also learned that the children portraying them are special needs actors. So kudos to you, Michael Doherty. We love inclusiveness. We love inclusive inclusivity. Oh my God, is inclusiveness not a word? No, it is. Okay, good. I just wanted to sound smart because I can't fucking say quarry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. Anyways, but so, we got <laughs> you guys. Basically, so we're the young children in the quarry, and then we yeet back to present day, where the the popular kids and Rhonda are at the yep. top of the thing, and they are about to take the elevator to go down to like the very bottom and they're going to bring down all these jack-o'-lanterns and as they're all kind of getting onto this elevator that is obviously very old and doesn't really work even um, do you know how old i thought it was i i was in my notes it's called a lift oh i think yeah you're right yeah i think i know what you're talking about i don't know why i called it an elevator in my notes but it no, is no, a lift no, I, I think that's the technical term. i think you're right too i think why Why am I calling it a lift? I don't know. I don't know either. Eh, but I guess it does lift. I've been transported. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so um, the kids go down in two groups, essentially. Like, it's everyone. And then the last two are Rhonda and Chip. And, and Ma- Chip is the pirate man. Chip is the little pirate boy. And he, or Macy actually says, oh, like, eh, like it can only hold three at a time. So, like, we're going to go down first. And then, like, you guys follow us and I'll send the key back up. That, like, I guess you need to operate this, like, lift or elevator. This bitch. Yeah. And then, and then, just like we always do, we now bounce back to Lori's storyline. And Lori is walking down the 
town area. And she is just seeing a lot of couples together as she's like kind of trying to find a man, you know, and she had told her sister Danielle and the other gals like, you guys just go, I'll meet you at the party. I'm going to try to like look for a dude. And um, she ends up seeing the cloaked man and they see each other, but don't go up to each other necessarily right away. But she does like notice him and see him. So, yeah, we see the cloaked and masked man at the parade and they're like clocking each other. And her sister also calls her or she calls her sister and they're like checking in on each other. But her sister's like, I have a date here for you. Mm-hmm. She's and like, stop, just come. Yeah, Get I have to a the party. Yeah. And like, and Lori's like, is he attractive or something like that? And she says he's oh he's nice. So in uh, in a pack when Lori the, is like oh he's ugly. Yeah, that's got it. Yeah. But and they pan to the date in question, and it's a big, a big big man dressed as a baby, <laughs> which is to me. You know what? I won't. I won't even say we're not going to yuck someone's yum. Well, I I will not yuck someone's yum, but I will also not yuck my yum for saying interesting at the moment <laughs> because this is interesting to me. So this big baby man. In this film. Big baby man. <laughs> was also the big baby man in 13 Ghosts. Shut up. Yeah. 13 Ghosts. I love that movie. And he plays it in that as well. I did not know that. Yep. And I am disappointed in myself because I love 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts. Because why, Allie? Who, uh, who is in 13 Ghosts that we love? Matthew Lillard. Oh, obviously. Yeah. We are a Matthew Lillard fan club. Yeah. But that's a th- so he was just like hell yeah I'm gonna be a big baby in two films wait fuck yeah big baby I know go big baby <laughs> go big baby anyway so obviously in a pack one's like nah I see some like dick I can so I'll see this mass dick yeah dick dick <laughs> but anyway she's like Corey. I'm more interested in this <laughs> she's y'all we're losing it why am I saying y'all so then. We go back to now the kids and Rhonda and Chip are both kind of hearing some noises like they're they've made it down to the bottom and they have not been reunited with their friends yet. But they're like hearing some stuff. And Chip is actually like genuinely scared and is like, what is going on? And Rhonda, brave little soul. I said brave Rhonda, too. She's so sweet. She's so brave. She literally exits the elevator or the lift and she tells Chip to stay and that she'll protect him. Also, and she says, leave the jack-o'-lantern yep. lit, do which not, I thought was interesting. Do not blow that shit out. Yeah, you do not blow that shit out until Halloween is over. Mm-hmm. So Rhonda is trying to find out where her quote-unquote friends are or these people that have lured her to this spot. I've now dubbed them as just like bullies slash popular Assholes. people. Yeah, okay, perfect. And we essentially find that these kids – like Macy, Schrader, and I think the other girl's name was Sarah. They are playing a trick on her and they are dressing themselves up as trying to pretend that they are the dead kids from the bus massacre. And they scare the shit out of Rhonda. I think something important though is before they scare the shit out of Rhonda, Rhonda actually sees the bus sticking out of the water. And I'm like, why did we not see that at the top of the quarry? Yeah. Yeah. And then she also sees little like. Like face masks. Face right? masks. Yeah. And that kind of alludes to what might happen. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. later. And that is an important an important setup because like she's like already kind of scared. Obviously, like Macy had just told this 
this story of what happened at the top of the quarry, too. So she's kind of like, oh, my God, like, what's happening? Whatever. And, yeah, they, like, freak Rhonda out. They even have Chip in on it. And someone is eating Chip's... Little sausage dogs? Like, sausage intestines, quote-unquote. Yeah. <laughs> it's not real intestines. Um, And poor Rhonda is, like, literally scared for her life. She runs away. She, she fucking she trips and falls. Trips, yeah, and then she loses her glasses, which is so sad. And someone steps on them. Someone so she steps cannot. on them. Yep, it's so sad. It's just like you today. You can't see with your, without your glasses. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Rhonda. Thomas J, you can't see without your glasses. <laughs> oh, my God. That is the saddest film ever. Anyways, we love my girl. Then Rhonda, in in the midst of all of the scariness, she actually does fall and hit her head. And then that is the only time when they actually like kind of are like taking oh, off their masks and yeah. stuff. And they're like, shit, like Rhonda, that was not like what like we were just messing around. She, they say, oh, it was a trick, like blah, blah, blah. And then Rhonda is just like totally besides herself like she's crying it's so sad she's terrified she's terrified basically macy is the only one that she's like well this was a bummer like this could have gone way better like way better yeah we have schrader who's consoling her and being like oh my gosh sorry we're so sorry this is a trick and blah 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 and we have the two other bandwagoners who don't know what to Mm -hmm. do with themselves which is chip i guess the pirate Sarah. sarah i don't even know what she the girl with the with the headgear. Alien. She had, yeah, yeah. She was like an alien sure, or something. Sure, whatever. But so everybody's like, let's clean this side up and leave or whatever. And as they're kind of off, so now like the groups have kind of separated. Like we have Schrader still hanging out with Rhonda and trying to kind of console her, and then the rest of the group is off like getting things together or whatever to go back up because they're kind of like, oh, this this trick was a bust. Like whatever. Something important here too is Macy the bitch. We're just going to call her Macy the mm-hmm. bitch. While they're cleaning up, there's a, there's a, a lit jack-o'-lantern yes. near the side of the water. And she's like, fuck this, and kicks it into the water. Yep. Which takes the light out, which mm-hmm. apparently we know we're is kinda, a no-no. We're kind of gathering that you never turn the light out of a jack-o'-lantern. And so as the kids are cleaning up, quote-unquote, and this is Sarah Chip and Macy, they start to hear some whispers and they start to get really, really freaked out. And then we pan back to Schrader and Rhonda, who actually hear them screaming. And then Schrader is like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm going to go investigate and see what's going on. And then they run into Chip, Sarah and Macy. And they're like, we've got to go. We've got to go now. Like we heard whispers, blah, blah, blah. And then now they all hear whispers and they actually see coming out of like the fog the ghosts of the children from the bus massacre i don't think it's a ghost i think it's like a zombie yeah they are kind of like zombies yeah Yeah. and um they all run towards the elevator but Rhonda is the only one that fully makes it on and closes the door on them this is a sleigh this is a fucking sleigh. She, so we love Rhonda. We stand we Rhonda. Love, we stand Rhonda. Like, mean, popular kids are all, like... Begging her. Literally. Be- no. So they're, like, all, like, scrambling. And they're, like, oh, shit. This is actually happening. Rhonda's already sitting in the elevator lift thing. And she's got her lit pumpkin. And they come up to the, the lift. And she can either, like, push unlock or up or something. And she's, like, 
bitch up. So she's she just slays and she's like, I'm going up. Have fun being down there. Good yep. luck. See you in the afterlife. I'm not sure. And I was like, I love this for her. Love it. And then we just hear like we hear the we hear the the screams of of an attack <laughs> of an attack. But one of my favorite scenes of this movie comes directly after she gets to the top of the quarry, and it's we have. I love when a soundtrack or a score is associated with a character, and hers is. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry, I'm not a good singer. <laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. Oh, thank you, my mama. <laughs> So she's at the top of the lift and she's got her wheelbarrow with her Jack Leonard still lit. And she's like, all right, cool. I'm going to bounce. She literally gives zero, zero fucks. Fuck. We see Sam and her lock eyes. He, Sam's like, in like this. Sam is just there. Sam's just there because he's everywhere. Yeah. And they both just look at each other for a second and are like, what up? All right, cool. Word. Later. Bye. Yeah, they don't even like talk to each other or anything. They just like kind of go their separate ways. They're just like. They acknowledge each other. Yeah. They're like, we understand each other. Have a good night. And, and then I they go s- separate ways. And I think Sam is also like, bitch, I respect you because you respect Halloween. Exactly. Yeah. Which we're going to. We all We're going to get to. We all should. And then we go back to Lori's storyline, and she is now walking down a dark, woodsy path. And I will say one thing about this woodsy path is that I want to be there. Oh, my God, Emma. <laughs> Did you have the same I thought? literally said in my notes, <laughs> I don't know who the fuck put these jack-o'-lanterns along this trail in these woods. I love it. But I want to I be there. I love everything about it, and yes. I want to be there as well. I literally like, said that. I bet it was so fun just to, like, make all the set and, like, just film in these, like, different locations. But can I just, like, sit in that trail? Yeah, I And agree. just be there? I just want to be there all the time. Okay, cool. Me too. Okay. I'm we'll glad s- that you thought the we'll same thing. That. I figured. We Perfect. were on the same wavelength. <laughs> and Lori, she's walking down, and she kind of feels like she's being followed, and she actually calls out, like, she's like, okay, I'm done messing around. Like, who the hell is following me? Like, show yourself. And then, okay, so f- you're going to have to follow us here because we go back and forth a bit. But she actually ends up seeing the masked man. And when she sees him, then we go to the next scene is we're seeing Danielle who is her older sister and one of the girls from the beginning with like the slutty slutty costumes. We see her and she's at the party. There's a party happening in the woods. There's like a bonfire, this whole thing. And we see like one of the other gals come over to Danielle and kind of console her like, hey, she's going to be okay. Like she's going to make it to the party, blah, blah, blah. And Danielle is worried about her when she says, mom always said that she was the runt of the litter, Mm -hmm. which I love because once you know what's about to happen, this is like absolute foreshadowing. And this actually, I know. And this actually goes back to even the first comment that she made when she was trying to open up the dressing room door of Lori's in the Halloween costume store when she says, like, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll. Well, now we spoiled it. Well, just saying. So then the her Lori and the masked man, they come together and he actually bites her neck and she sort of is freaking out a little bit in the scene. But then it immediately pans back to the party and the bonfire in the woods. And then we see someone fall from the tree in Lori's red cloak. And we don't know exactly who it is at the moment until Danielle and the other girls go over to investigate. And we see Lori walk into the scene now of the party with the bonfire. And she looks totally different than she's looked throughout the rest of the movie. Like she was in a very modest kind of like little red riding hood costume. And now her hair is all disheveled. She looks kind of sexy and just like devilish looking. 
And one of the other girls bends down to the masked man and is like, well, what's your name, honey? And we find out that the masked man is actually Mr. Wilkins. Principal Wilkins, yes. Principal Wilkins. And what I will say is when he approached Lori in the woods, he does, and like he's kind of biting her, She's, he says to her, mm-hmm. my, my, what big eyes you have. Yes, yeah, sorry, I did miss that. That's a huge, huge thing that we're going to come full circle and on. he says that to his own demise. Yeah, literally. He's like, it's a foreshadowing for him. <laughs> and then once he gives away his identity, he actually looks around at the rest of like the bonfire. To me, this seemed like a- Like a, like well, a fun party. Well, also like a huge fire hazard, but- I mean, yeah, definitely like forest fire. Like only you can prevent forest fires. You know what I mean? Thank you, Smokey. Yeah, yes. you're welcome. It seemed like a fun party, but once we see what Wilkins sees, it's a huge like meat parade of like meat parade. I like that. <laughs> all these, all these hot ass women and some mutilated men. And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. And they're all just like, they're all dead or passed out. Yeah. Like they're not moving. These, these men are like propped against trees and logs and stuff. <laughs> and as Mr. Wilkins sees this happening, he actually screams and then tries to kind of turn away, I think to try to get away and then realizes that his femur is broken and we get a really nice visual of that. And then I love this part. Me too. This is I one of my favorite scenes. This part. We start hearing, and it's getting louder and louder, we hear Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson, who I don't love because of his actions. But this song is kind of a banger. And it's a classic song that yeah. was not written by him, but was just redone by him. And it fits the scene very well. It fits the scene. And we start to see all of the women transform, so to speak. They are like kind of dancing and swaying really sexily. They're like ripping some of their clothing off. It's like uh, a- It sed- felt witchy to me at first, it especially because felt- we just reviewed The Witch and like we have a scene with a bonfire in the woods. True. And I think this kind of goes back to a very much so underlying thing of like sexual innuendos of like people in their 20s and 30s in films. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what this goes back to. Yeah. And I love where it kind of goes after totally. this. Totally. Yes. And <laughs> where the, the women take back the power. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, it felt like seductive. Yes. So, so seductive. And to Ali's point, like she just said, we start seeing them literally ripping their skin off like clothing. Like imagine you're just taking like your leg and you've just taken your sleeve of skin and you're taking it off like a boot. Dude, I put, okay, and this is going to haunt me for the rest of my life that I wrote this down. (laughs) They're taking the meat casing off of a sausage or something. Totally. And And under the, the sausage being their wolf body. They are transforming. They're transforming into their actual selves, which are what, Emma? Werewolves. Yep. Which... I have a soft spot for, but also a weird fear of, because I've mentioned in a couple of episodes before, but I I do have a recurring dream of like a werewolf chasing me around a house. But I do love werewolves. And this scene, the transformation by Campfire, is actually an ode to The Howling, Mm -hmm. the 1981 film. And if you have not seen that, I highly recommend. We are definitely going to be reviewing it at some point. And Anna Paquin's character, Lori, she kind of straddles Mr. Wilkins as she's transforming. And she's like, be patient with me. It's my my first first time. time. 
Another fun fact about this too is that the werewolf transformations, it's actually all done practically with like very minimal CG enhancements because Michael Doherty, he just knew that like CG just can sometimes ruin like the essence of things. And I love this so much because I've also mentioned in other episodes, but like practical effects are just the best. Like even when we did like Poltergeist, like as our first film that we reviewed, the practical effects are literally what makes the film. And it's so important. And I just think it just looks so much more real. There's just something about practical. Yeah. It's just so much better. Yeah, totally. 100%. Also, so like Emma said, Lori is now straddling and kind of being seductive towards Principal Wilkins. And she's like, it's my first time, whatever. And then we kind of, after we know she's starting to transform, she says to him, my, my, what big eyes you have, just like he had said to her. And then we come full circle, baby. Full circle. We'd love a full full circle moment, like women empowerment. Dude, she (laughs) really showed him. Truly. And then we just like get answers to all of this like sexual innuendos that they were talking about earlier. Like, oh, it's my first time. Oh, you're a virgin at 20. Like we can... We can infer that, like, when they're talking about virgin, they're talking about, like, you haven't had your first, like, feed as a werewolf. Yeah, and at the top of the film, when they're in the costume store, the other two women, the other two werewolf women were like, I had some bad Mexican last Halloween. (gasps) Or, like, one of the other ones said, they all taste the same. Yep. (laughs) It means something different once you know what's happening. Yep, once you've got the context clues. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So Lori, like we said, is straddling Wilkins and she's starting to transform and then she just like goes in on him. We don't see it like we said because you don't see deaths in this film. But an iconic to me scene right after this is when they pan to Sam is on a log just like kind of watching. Little Sam, little cutie boy Sam on a log watching. All the wolves, you can hear them going crazy because they're like hyping Lori up. And you see Sam with this jack-o'-lantern lit up behind him. And it's an iconic scene. I have a shirt with it on it. It's amazing. I love it. And that jack-o'-lantern is what we see in a lot of the other scenes in this film. Jack-o'-lanterns are prevalent, baby. I guess I'm going to start saying jack-o'-lanterns now <laughs> rather than pumpkin. Than pumpkins. You're a pumpkin. Like a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> now we enter Mr. Krieg's story. And to be honest, this is not one of my favorite stories, but it's very pivotal to the anthology, this film. So we kind of enter his story where we see three young kids trick-or-treating and they go up to his house that is not lit up for Halloween. And kids, parents, anything, don't send your kids to a house that's not like decorated (laughs) and obviously does not want kids coming up for Halloween because... That'll be a lesson to be learned. And then something to note here, too, is that we have now flashed back in the night as well. So there's like a a note on the screen when you're watching the film that we are now, it says earlier, dot, dot, dot. The interesting part, yes, I said interesting, is these three kids who came up to the door to trick or treat, who shouldn't have because the house is dark, are actually the same three kids that witness and run off. When Emma, when Emma is, is being killed in the very beginning of the movie, so, so we do come full circle there, <laughs> full circle for sure. And so they go up, they ring the doorbell, whatever, and they do a very Jim Carrey Grinch move where he pretends his dog is like an evil dog. Yeah, he answers the door, yeah. and it's very, very dark, and they just see like glowing eyes, and essentially they see 
like, or they think it's like a monster of some sorts and they get really, really scared. And so they run off, but it's very Jim Carrey Grinch, very Jim Carrey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But something I want to note here, just a little detail. If you're watching this film is that before Mr. Craig's opens the door, he has several locks on his door that he is like unlocking as he's Mm. getting ready to open the door to these trick or treaters. And I think I counted like, six to eight locks and this is going to come into play a little bit later so just kind of keep that posted in your mind so no i did not notice that so thank you i was more focused on the the grinch dog essentially so cute his name is spite spite like out of spite sorry i'm cracking open a she's cracking a claw my ladies and gentlemen ran out of the wine but so yeah the dogs his little dog's name is spite s-p-i-t i I thought it was spike (laughs) but it's not so they scare off Mr. Kriegs and Spite scare off the children. So mission accomplished. But once he returns back to his lair, as I like to call it, <laughs> it's this like dark, sad house of <laughs> just an old lonely man who only has a dog. Yeah, but um, that's kind of how I feel. Okay. I mean, <laughs> like obviously I'm the producer, but I live alone. So like when it's just me and Cowboy, I definitely feel like Mr. Kriegs. <laughs> oh my God. When no. I'm just like answering the door when Postmates is coming. I hope. Oh, that's a good feeling. <laughs> it's a it's a great feeling. <laughs> but people are like, "Who's that dog?" And then Cowboy's like, "I'll just be over here on the couch." So once Mister Creed gets back into his house after terrifying three young children, he <laughs> goes to his little lazy boy lair. and he's like, "His little later lair. We love a lair." <laughs> so this is actually a fun fact. A lot of the candy and alcohol, anything brand named in the film, they made up based on their cast members. Yep. Or their production members because they didn't want to have any like lawsuits. And we, Emma and I love, we come from marketing, so we love a branding moment. We love this for us. Mr. Krieg is having this random alcohol, which I can't even tell what it is, and some candy. And he's just like lounging in his chair and he starts burning old pictures. Yep. He just has like a pile and it's it's a very weird Halloween night activity. But I was like, this is a casual Halloween. Yep. <laughs> but he's going to do it. <laughs> also, then his dog, who looks like Frankenweenie, starts to freak out heavily. <gasps> Frankenweenie. I know you. I knew you would like love that. I knew it. Oh. But it also pets know everything. So I'm terrified of my cats. Allie, I'm not sure if you mentioned this too, but Mr. Cree actually takes like a candy bar from the kids yes. and starts like eating it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's also part of where we see like the branding. It doesn't match up with any like main brand like candy bars or anything like that. And so we're all kind of like, okay. And not, yeah. Not like the director and producer and everything trying to like avoid lawsuits. Love that. Yeah. Love that for them. <laughs> and just like Allie said, Mr. Creek is like burning photos. And then at the same time, Spite is starting to bark at something in the backyard. And then I love this scene because we get to see this entire perspective from Mr. Krieg from the very beginning of the film where Mm -hmm. he's talking to Mr. Wilkins like through their backyards. And so we see the whole scene that we already saw previously at the very beginning of the film. And but we're seeing it now from Mr. Krieg from his perspective and he comes back inside after this whole kind of like back and forth with Mr. Wilkins. It's the same exact script. It's it's, it's the before. exact interaction they had. Like, exact interaction. Earlier in the film. And he comes back inside. And now all of a sudden he thinks that someone might be in the front yard. Mm-hmm. And he actually walks 
to the front of his house and opens the door. And we see that his entire front yard is decorated with like beautiful jack-o'-lanterns. And might these be the same house or the same jack-o'-lanterns that Rhonda Rhonda has? I know. Good question, Emma. I don't, we have to ask the director, I think. Just saying, little note there. But also, like, from having no decorations to all of those beautiful jack-o'-lanterns would cost a lot of money. So, like, he got a free service right mm-hmm. there. But at what cost? We'll at hear what cost. What cost. Yeah, we, we're <laughs> going to hear about it. <laughs> and then, like, n- nothing really happens, but he's actually about to, like, take a bat and smash one of the pumpkins when he hears Spite barking now back inside. And Spike goes upstairs and Mr. Craig goes and like kind of follows him and he's a little bit freaked out. And so he grabs his shotgun to go and investigate and he sees like a little figure or something kind of like run like across his view of the stairs at the top of the stairs. And us as the viewers, because we've already been introduced to Sam at this point, it's little Sam. However, Emma, wouldn't you just like run the fuck out of the house? Oh, totally. But Mr. Krieg seems like the kind of dude that wants to face he whatever's going shit? on. Yeah, okay. he's gone through some shit. He's like, okay. I don't really care. I want to face it. So Full he's sh- like, I'm going to keep going up there. And he goes into a bedroom upstairs, Mr. Krieg, and he finds it's very dark and he sees movement under the covers of the bed. And he goes to investigate, pulls the covers and sees that it's just like an animatronic, like decoration hand basically like a zombie hand or like a bone hand where'd that come from because where did that come from he don't have he's yeah i was gonna say he's definitely not has does not have those and it's just a distraction because then all of a sudden the room lights up with a jack-o'-lantern sitting on a table that is now engulfed kind of in flames on the top which is also similar to the jack-o'-lanterns that we see earlier in the film Do we see a theme? Is there a theme brewing? And Mr. Creek is like, what the hell? And he starts to also see that around the bedroom, there's like red writing, presumably blood. Red rum. All over the ceiling, all the walls. And it's kind of saying like, trick or treat, give me something good to eat. And a bunch of other like random phrases that are like kind of hard to discern. And as Mr. Craig is like looking around, trying to figure out like, what the hell is going on from underneath the bed? This is like my worst. I know. It's like, I kind of can't talk about it. I'll do it. So this is one of my worst. I, I, even before we, I've seen this movie, it's a worst nightmare. Is Mr. Krieg is like, what the fuck? And then out of nowhere, he's standing up next to his bed and out from under the bed, he gets his Achilles tendon slashed. Oh, God. And if you know anything about that, it disables you from like really walking. Capa- oh, my God. Oh, my, oh, no, no. Knock on wood. It's never happened to me yet. Please don't happen to me. You've never been stabbed in the Achilles tendon? Let's hope not. Okay. Well, I hope not too. <laughs> but so he's, that happens to him and it's obviously our young Sam. Who does it. Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Krieg actually falls down the stairs because he exits the bedroom. Then he's like so distraught. He falls down the stairs because there is candy left everywhere that Dude, he's like essentially tripped on. Not even candy. 
it's just candy and razor blades and, and glass like, yeah. and glass. And I'm like, a how does how yeah, did you set this all up? How did you do this so fast? I know. It's just like how did the people in scream? Uh, oh, if you I haven't know. heard that podcast, yeah, turn please. this off. Go watch it. Yeah, or, but sorry, like listen to it. How do they hang Drew Barrymore from a tree so fast? Totally. Okay. Totally. How do we all? We're spry. I'm not that agile. Okay. I have a theory, but I'll share it with you at the end. Okay. Let's. I'm. I'm open to that. So like this scene reminded me of. Home Alone, where <gasps> Marv is stepping into the window and is stepping on broken ornaments, triggering, triggering. So like seasonal, you know, yeah. <laughs> we love a seasonal moment. We love a seasonal moment. We yeah. also love like a booby trap of yeah. some sort. Not for us, but like for. Yeah, for others. For the for bad people. Yeah, there's there's glass and candy everywhere. So naturally, Mr. Creek falls down the stairs and he's like trying to desperately unlock his doors. But obviously, like his hands are covered in glass. He's got cuts everywhere. And like I mentioned before, he's got so many damn locks that he's trying to unlock. And he ends up like kind of like going to one of his windows in the house. And this is circle back to that scene with Mr. Wilkins, where now we're at the perspective of Dr. (laughs) Mr. Krieg. (laughs) Mr. Krieg. And he is trying to ask Mr. Wilkins for help in his like back window or whatever. He's like, he's like, Miss Wilkins, Wilkins, like help me. And Mr. Wilkins just walks back into his house. Yeah. And he then has this this moment where he is trying to because he gets tackled by Sam. Right. And then there's this like moment where him and Sam are kind of like fighting and he actually rips off Sam's little burlap mask. He does like fight with Krieg, but we see before that we see fucking Sam crawling on the ceiling and they just like yes. totally yeets down onto Creek. He does. He yeets and I'm down like, onto Creek. Holy yep. shit. What is <laughs> oh this person? What yep. is this demon? And then and then we proceed to like trying to finish this kid off. Well, and we see like Sam without a mask, which is the first time that we've seen him without this like burlap sack over his like head. And he's a little bit of like a creepy jack-o'-lantern creature. But he's like so cute. He's cute, I would say, under the under the burlap sack, but I would say he's a little scary. So basically Krieg shoots him and we kind of assume he shoots with his like not sawed off shotgun, just like a regular shotgun. Krieg is like he shot Sam and Sam is like exploded into pumpkin guts kind of. (laughs) And some parts of him have been dismembered, if you will. And then Krieg is like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to save myself. And then Sam starts to put himself back together. And I'm like, wow, if we could all just like Put ourselves back together emotionally. <laughs> How amazing would that, that would be? be? So amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally his little hand gets like shot off and Sam's hand like crawls back to <laughs> like resilience, you know? Yep. Resilience. I love it. A resilient king. <laughs> and as little Sam is like getting himself back together, he grabs his famous lollipop. And he comes over to Mr. Creek and he tries to actually stab Mr. Creek. But Mr. Creek has this like panic moment where he's trying to grab just like the closest thing to him. And he has like a little side table filled with random knickknacks, including a candy bar. And the candy bar kind of falls like onto his lap. And Sam actually ends up stabbing him, but it gets stuck into the candy bar. And then once Sam realizes that it stabbed like the candy bar and not Mr. Craig, he kind of has this moment where he sort of like looks at it in like interest. And then Sam 
literally just walks away. So that's what I didn't understand. He was just like, fuck yeah, candy. Bye. So the producer and I were talking about that. And like, we've we've noticed a lot of themes with like keeping Halloween tradition, this and that. We're like, did Sam walk away? Because like, I guess technically Mr. Craig gave him candy of some sort. Like, is that enough? I don't. That's enough. I mean, like, what what other reasons? You know what I mean? Like, why would he just walk away after he was like trying to kill? But he, Mr. Craig. but Sam gave Mr. Craig candy on a stairwell with glass and razor blades. Yeah, I think there's been a really amazing this exchange. Is a, this between is a changing of men, the tide. You know? This is a relation. This is a yeah. weird relationship, you guys. <laughs> and so after like that happens, since him kind of walks away, we actually no, he legit walks away. He's no, just like he, like that's what I mean. Like he's he's he literally has like walked away. It was like so cute. He's just like fuck yeah, candy. Peace out, brother. Yeah, he's like, I think I'm done. Yeah, I'm done for the evening. Like, I'm going to be not aggressive anymore. I'm just done. Well, towards him, at least. Yeah, towards him. (laughs) And we actually get to see some of the other photos that Mr. Craig was planning on burning. And we get a close-up of a photo of him in front of a school bus with some children. And then you put two and two together. And he is the driver of the school bus of the school bus massacre. He is the freaking driver. He, he took them to the quarry, people. So wild. So then we're done with Mr. Craig. And now we are flashing forward. And we actually see Mr. Craig giving candy to kids later on that are trick-or-treating. And now he's all like nice. He's like nice and, and is dandy. giving children candy. And we see him giving out candy with his hand wrapped, his arm in a sling, and literally his head wrapped his in bandages. Head, he looks like a mummy. He looks like a mummy. Well, and literally one of the girls is like, is it, or you look like a good mummy. She's like, great mummy costume, Mr. Craig. If he actually got medical attention, there's absolutely no way he'd be back at home at this point. Oh, no, totally. He strikes me as someone who's been in the war, Mr. Krieg. Also somebody who's like... So I feel like like he just knows how to bandage himself. But also like somebody who doesn't want to let people know that he... Just got attacked by a pumpkin boy. Or killed several children. True, 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 true. (laughs) Well, and then so this is like a pivotal part in the film because we're almost done. And we actually see that all of these storylines are like not only intertwined, but they all happen pretty much like within the same like four or five houses on the same block. Because we see then Billy, little Billy. Billy Chucky. Billy Chucky, Mr. Wilkins' son. It's actually kind of sad. He's like dressed up like his dad in the outfit that that we last saw them together with like blood on half of his shirt, wearing glasses, like the whole nine yards. And he's just like sitting on like his stoop being a little stoop kid. And then we see we're back at Emma's house, which is right across the street from Mr. Krieg and Mr. Wilkins. But we also see. So in the opening scene, it was like Rhonda like crossing the street with her little basket with jack-o'-lanterns and then the werewolf girls stopping to... Yeah, they're um, like stopping at a stop sign and they're just in a car and they're like ready to party. Yeah, so we see all of that again and then we see, well... This final scene. Yeah. We see Mr. Craig opening his door to some, he probably thinks trick-or-treaters because now he's all of a sudden being nice and giving out candy. And we see all of the kids that died on the bus at his doorstep. And he is like dumbfounded. And then that's it. 
That's literally it. And then we have concluded the film. But we just love how it got wrapped up into a tiny little bow of how all the anthology all comes together. Yeah, all the stories are related. And I think like to Ali's point, like she loves little Sam, right? The our main character. And he's just so hard not to love. And like, yeah, he does a couple of sinister things, but he only does them because you're not abiding by Halloween tradition. That goes into our final thoughts, I think, because some of my final thoughts are like a pull tradition, okay? I mean, I, I 100% agree. And not, I guess- Not you. No, not me. I uphold. Uh, we would survive yes. in Sa- little Sam's eyes. I guess, Ali, like, what would you say is your favorite scene from this film? One of my favorite scenes is like, Charlie Brown's an asshole from <laughs> Billy Chucky. From Billy Chucky. But I also love, I think if I had to pick one scene that I love the most, it'd be the overhead shot of the parade because I just want so badly to be there. To be there. <laughs> Fair? I want to be there. My oh. favorite scene of the entire film is the werewolf transformation scene with the chicks. I just think it's so badass that they're like these super hot women who have brought all these men there and that are basically just going to like turn into their real selves, which are these crazy ravenous creatures. Another fun fact. That is nuts to me. Yeah. So I would say that's definitely my favorite scene. And I love that, how it was done with practicality. I just think it's like fantastic. And I don't know, I have a weird like soft spot in my heart for like werewolf things, werewolf movies, things like that. And Ali, would you say that this movie is scary? I would not say it's scary at all. I just love it so much. And I think the creativity and the thought beyond like how they did this is one of the reasons I love it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree. I I wouldn't say that it's scary either, but I will say that there's like parts like I get very freaked out sometimes at like, I don't know why, but ghost and spiritual stuff kind of freaks me out a tiny bit. So I will say if there is any part that like sort of scared me, it was when they were in the the quarry. Did he say it right? However, I went into like a basically Silent Hill quarry one time and now I'm scarred for life. That sounds amazing. But basically so, I'm scarred by quarries. <laughs> and then Ali, what are some of your like closing thoughts, your hot takes? My hot takes are basically, thank you if you've come this far, thank you for staying with us. This movie jumps all around and we tried to narrate it how we could. But thank you for staying with us. And long story short is follow the rules of Halloween. (laughs) Because if you watch this movie, you've learned your lessons and don't fuck with them. And go Sam. And actually, we have a kind of a special request, actually, because if you have made it this far through all of our analysis, please go and leave a comment on our latest Instagram post announcing that we are doing this film and leave us a little jack-o'-lantern emoji to let us know that you've made it to this point in the episode. We would love to see how you liked it. And if you leave us a little jack-o'-lantern, kind of a little a little sign. All right, fuckers. So now that we've gone through this film, <laughs> let's get to that trivia stuff that we had at the top of the podcast. <laughs> okay, so question number one. Although the film was created in 2007, what year was it originally shown in theaters nationwide? And I think this is a trick question now that I'm reading it again. But Ali, what's your answer? Mine is 2022 because I saw it last year with my husband. I said 2009 because I jumped the gun, but I think 2009 was just when it was released on DVD. At Kmart. Yeah. It was just, that was the like straight to DVD release. At Kmart. So, Allie, you are unfortunately 
greatly. Yes. Unfortunately. Correct. God damn it. So I thought happy. I was so right. I was so I'm confident. I'm so happy. I was like, oh, 2009. But then later I was like, oh shit, I didn't. I just jumped the gun. I didn't read the whole question properly. So again um to my fans i obviously had my kmart rendition dvd of <laughs> trick-or-treat but i made my husband take me last year 2022 and we saw it in theaters and it was magical and i wore my little sam hain t-shirt maybe i'll post some pictures saw one nobody cares though so i probably won't okay so question two was how many kids were on the school bus during the flashback scene i got it i got it eight i also had eight Okay. Well, and then I also actually forgot to mention that the whole significance with Mr. Krieg and the locks on his door is he has eight locks on his door, one for every kid. I don't think that gives you bonus points, but. No, it doesn't, but, you know, just a fun fact. (laughs) And then number three, the film takes place in the town of Warren Valley. What state is this town in? Ohio. I think the big thing here is that I got all of these answers right. Sure. I mean, if that's what you want to call out from this whole entire episode. Cool. So that about wraps up today's episode of Spooky Chicks and Horror Flicks. We thank you guys so much for joining us again for this episode. Please, please, please follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at Spooky Chicks and Horror Flicks. And if you haven't already, we would absolutely appreciate if you gave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to us. We would greatly appreciate that. And that would just be such a sweet Halloween treat. Stay spooky, fuckers. Cheers.